What's going on, guys? Week one is in the books, and it was pretty intense as far as defensive players goes. Offensive-wise, we had a lot of fireworks and some some not-so-great performances by some of the uh, stud players that could have cost you some wins, but we talk about that on the Fat Boys Dynasty podcast. It's time to get into Defense Wins Fantasy. I'm your host, Seth Berger. Part of the Fantasy Holics Podcast Network, and I'll tell you what, I want to get right into a few of the outlandishly great players from this week. And holy Minka Fitzpatrick, that's where I want to start. This dude came out on fire. First play of the game, pick, taking taking Burrow to the house. I mean, holy cow, what a stellar week. He had 10 solo tackles, 4 assists, the pick 6, and to top it off, when the game was about to be lost by the Steelers, he blocked the extra point. What an epic start to the season for him. And the uh, really, the Pittsburgh defense looked really great. They had a lot of really good players. Um, we'll get into a little bit of that. You know, other notable week one performances, as I said with the Steelers, Alex Highsmith, outside linebacker, three sacks and nine total tackles. And he could go even more up. As the season goes with TJ going to be missing some time now, that's probably going to be the pass rusher to have on that defense. I'm not going to say he's putting up Watt numbers, but three sacks in a game, that gets your attention real quick. Camus Grugier-Hill had 14 solo tackles, 14 solo tackles and four more assists. One thing about his performance, remember that uh, Christian Harris was inactive due to injury, so Take that tackle with a grain of salt. I don't know how that is still going to split up, but an impressive start for a guy that we weren't too sure how that was going to come out this year as far as you know playing time goes. Khalil Mack, three sacks against his former Raiders team. Kids still got it, just need to be on a better team, I guess. I think a lot of that is Bosa taking some attention. That D-line is rough there in Charger land. I think that that's going to be a defense that's going to be putting up some pretty impressive numbers all year long. And hey, rookie Trayvon Walker, surprise, surprise, man. Myself included in that surprise, a sack and a pick in his first ever NFL game. Kudos to you, good sir. Let's see if he can keep it up for for the year. Now, you know, with the good news comes some of the bad news, sadly. T.J. Watt. Let's let's just get into it, man. Oh, he was doing what T.J. Watt does, man. He was killing Joe Burrow and just taking prisoners. Then he tore his pectoral muscle. You hate, you hate to see it. I mean, just you hate to see any injuries. But, man, man, reigning defensive MVP... First game of the season. Now, there is some hope. They said that he might be able to come back this year as he didn't tear the tendon. He just tore the muscle. So, totally fine, you know? Jesus, it's still brutal. The big key on that is is that it doesn't require surgery. But it's going to be a devastating loss for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a devastating loss for owners in redraft and dynasty alike. I mean, if you were doing redraft, he might have been the first IDP player taken and you got one game out of him. I guess at least you got a good game out of him. I mean, that's the only solace you can take. But get healthy, 
TJ, we'd love to see you back on the field, especially if you can make it back this year. He's just too great of a talent to not be on the field. And then Jamal Adams, he's officially out for the year with a quad injury. You know, it's a shame that this guy just can't stay healthy. But he got paid, so at least there's that, you know. But if you remember, if you've been following along with my podcast, he was a guy that I pegged uh, that you should uh, trade before the season started. So I hope you all did. I hope you listened to me. Not to say that I expected an injury, although given his history, it's not surprising. I mean, he's got more cart rides than I think TDs, or sorry, interceptions since he's been to the Seahawks. But uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things. Well, if you if you still have him on your team, and it's dynasty, throw him on the IR and see maybe next year you might be able to get some some trades for him if people forget that you know he was injured and stays injured. But if it's redraft cut bait and look for a replacement, it's a uh, it's a tough sport. A lot of injuries. There's a lot of other injuries that we need to be monitoring as well. Linebacker Denzel Perryman of the Chargers, he left the game with an ankle injury. Shaq Leonard for the Colts, formerly Darius Leonard, he did not play in week one, so I'm really not surprised that that ended up happening as we were kind of following along with that the last few weeks on my podcast. Not surprised that that's that's the way they went with it, with him barely getting approved for practice before the first week. Patriot safety Adrian Phillips injured his ribs and was ruled out of the game. We'll have to follow along with that and see where he's at. Even with that, Kyle Duggar seems like he's the safety to hang on to in New England. And then it's going to be Adrian Phillips seeming to split some time in that backfield. I just, um, it's it's a shame that Peppers, Jabril Peppers, came to this team because they had some strong safety IDP points. Now it's going to be a little bit mixed. And like I said, it's only been one game, so the thought that Kyle Duggar is going to be relevant could also be a facade. So just take it with a grain of salt and keep watching. Eagles defensive end Derek Barnett suffered a knee injury, and he didn't return to action. So once again, keep an eye on how he's doing. Uh, J. Ron Curse, he hurt his knee in the game as well. Safety's Cowboy, or Cowboys safety. And the tough thing about IDP leagues is that you'll find out if you're new to it is that the news on injury updates and stuff is not as readily available as it is for the offensive guys. You're going to have to dig. You're going to have to search, and you're going to really have to pay attention to the before kickoff injury news. Sometimes that's the only time you'll get some defensive player news on whether or not they're suiting up. So make sure that you have some alternates ready to go. And speaking of some great alternates, that's what we're going to get into. Some stellar free agent pickups from week one. Listen, the first guy I'm excited to talk about, it was a guy that I have been beating the drum for, and that is Pete Warner, linebacker for the Saints. Told you guys this offseason that this dude had a chance to be the next big thing. And he has the ability to be an IDP star going forward. I mean, he crushed it week one. 12 solo tackles, one assist, and a forced fumble. 
Not to mention that he missed all preseason uh, due to a lingering like hammy or groin. I can't remember which one it was, but they just kind of held him out. Makes sense because they knew they needed him starting week one. He's most likely on your waiver wire um, and needs to be rostered if you have if somebody hasn't picked him up yet. I look, you know, looking at his stats last year, his efficiency rating on tackles is high. He he doesn't miss tackles. He is going to be the guy that's going to be your consistent stalwart, big time tackle guy week in week out. The passing of the torch with Demario Davis there in uh, in New Orleans has. Looks like it's coming sooner rather than later. And expect high tackle numbers week in and week out. I just can't say enough about this kid. You watch him play. You can tell he just loves the sport. He's got a nose for the football. He's not shying away from contact. And he's not missing tackles. You'll love to see it. And he's going to be that guy that, once again, is he going to get a lot of interceptions and, and sacks and things like that? Typically, no, that's not really his game. Can he do it? Yes, but that's not how they're really playing him in the scheme. But he's going to be your baseline guy where you're gonna maybe you're gonna have a high flyer that's more of a sack artist or or a um guy that gets a few interceptions here or there. But you want that guy that's gonna get you 15 to 20 points a week. Pete Werner, pick him up. Moving on to another linebacker. Might not be on the waiver wire in as many places because there was a little bit of heat behind his name pre, uh, pre-drafts, and that's Cody Barton, the linebacker for the Seahawks. The big question was, man, is he going to just come in and take, you know, take that Bobby Wagner role and take all of it? Is he going to have all of the snaps? Yes. Yes, he is. Eight solo tackles, two assists, and a sack on Monday night. It tells me that this guy is a tackle-plus kind of player. He has the ability to get those bonus plays, but he's also going to have a high high floor due to the tackles. Solid starter for your team going forward. I thought that one of the top performers this week was going to be a Seahawks linebacker in the name of Jordan Brooks. Cody Barton outscored him week one. Great guy to have on your team. Check to make sure that he's not on your waivers. If so, pick him up. He's going to make you very happy all season long. Next player, linebacker for the Minnesota Vikings, Jordan Hicks. You know, I'm bringing his name up, not necessarily as a must-pick-up guy. Because if it's a dynasty, he might have still been on teams because of how strong he was in Arizona. But this is a more of a cause of for concern in regards to Eric Kendricks. Hicks had a sack and nine solo tackles along with five assisted. He outperformed Eric Kendricks in game one, which is a, which was a concern of mine on this offseason. I spoke about it in some of my previous podcasts. I said he's worth a pickup if he's out there, but also monitor his numbers. And if you're a Kendricks owner, the times of you riding high on a guy that wasn't as well known as some of the other big name guys might be coming to an end because this is at least cause for concern. Maybe not quite alarm yet, but the once again, kind of like with Pete Werner, this could be a little bit of the passing of the torch. Now, Jordan Hicks is a little bit of an older linebacker comparative to Pete, 
But nevertheless, they brought him in, and already he's making a significant impact to this team. So be cognizant of what's going on there. Next player I want to bring up is a defensive end for the Indianapolis Colts, and that is Quiddy Pay. It's a bit of a coming out party for him in week one against the Texans. Two sacks, but the part that I'm interested in more is six solo tackles coming out of the DN spot. So that tells me that this guy has the opportunity to have stellar weeks with the sack numbers, but also a higher than normal floor because he's he's getting some tackles. Albeit they were playing the Houston Texans, but for the majority of that game, the Houston Texans were whooping the Colts' tail. Quidipe came on a little bit late. He got a sack late in that game. But once again, he's young, he's talented, and he's going to have the opportunities all year long. So take a look at him. I wouldn't say I would necessarily play him starting you know, into this week. But if he has back-to-back solid tackle performances, you know, even if he doesn't have a sack this game, because that's, you know, that's a hard stack to predict, I would still be willing to start playing him if he's around that 5-6 tackle range again. Next player I want to bring up is defensive end slash linebacker slash edge rusher, second-year player for the Tennessee Titans, Rashad Weaver. Last year, Weaver's season was cut short because he broke it or fractured his fibula. Seemed all healed up from uh, from that, looking at week one. He had two sacks, four total tackles, and he seems to be the biggest beneficiary of the Harold Landry injury. As you know, Harold Landry is out for the season. They seem to have slid Weaver into that role quite nicely. And he's, uh, he's looking solid in fantasy as a depth option off the edge, uh, you know, in his sophomore campaign. I will say that they were playing the wonderful, outstanding offensive line, sarcasm, of the New York Giants. Now, also, they lost that game. But the New York Giants has rookie tackle as well as a somewhat underwhelming left tackle. So the thought process is, is that Pick him up before he gets too hyped and see what we got with him. The thing that uh, I like about him is that in some leagues I've seen him, you know, the D-line linebacker eligibility is always nice. I've even seen him breaking down and where they go in leagues that play defensive end and defensive tackles that he's eligible for defensive tackle. That could change as a year, but typically they don't change him that time. Part of that is I don't think they really knew exactly where this guy was going to play fourth round pick not a extremely well-known player but it's somebody that I'm very interested in keeping an eye on the final player that I wanted to talk about is somebody that's going to um, just get their name butchered by me but it's uh, Talanoa Hufanga safety for the 49ers this dude had a team high 11 tackles nine of them being solo Team high. This is the same team with Fred Warner, Al Shair, and Greenlaw manning the linebacker spots. Three guys that probably in most leagues were all starting this week. He also played 100% of the snaps. And he's a natural box safety. 
He's also seemed to prove, to the coaching staff at least, that he can play in two high sets as well. So if you're needing DB help, this is the best pick for immediate production for your team. And I apologize. I jumped right over one of the players that uh, I really wanted to talk about. So we'll go back to that person. Jaquan Brisker, safety for the Bears. This dude didn't have what I would call the stats to make him an auto pickup this week. So my guess is that he's probably still out on your waiver wire now. But I watched this entire game. Why? I have no idea why I watched that just absolute monstrosity monsoon. But this dude looks like the real deal. He's always around the ball. Right place, right time on the fumble recovery. I think he'll only get better as the season progresses. This team will be on the field as a defense more often than they are on the field as an offense. And this guy has the opportunity to really become a stalwart for your defense. Once again, just kind of like with Rashad Weaver, I would pick him up, hang on to him, if you don't feel comfortable starting him this week, but I think in a pinch, if you're a Jamal Adams owner, I'd be going after both of these safeties. I think that it's an absolute stud opportunity to grab them. And let's let's talk a little bit about, you know, let's like kind of transition a little bit more conversation to the dynasty aspect of our IDP leagues. As I already talked about Trayvon Walker having a Heck of a first game. Let's kind of let's go over a few of these guys, um, basically abilities or or their games, how well they did defensively. And um, like I said Trayvon Walker, by far the best D lineman um, that we had out there. As as rookies go, you know you get a sack and an interception. That's just phenomenal. But another guy that has came a little bit out of the woodwork, also part of that Chicago defense, is Dominique Robinson. This dude had a sack and a half, five solo tackles, two assists, has the opportunity to continue to play strong. You know, this is a new regime, so this is a guy that they chose, and he looked pretty impressive. That being said, it was still all that mud and rain, so it's one of those kind of wait-and-sees. He's not a big, well-known name, so people are going to be a little bit more hesitant about it. But also, Devin Lloyd, you know, the, the linebacker that I've been extremely high on, stellar game, eight solo tackles, three assisted tackles, just getting out there, taking care of business, and he was a little banged up in preseason, so it's nice to see him out there. And nice to see him have that much of an impact. Quay Walker, linebacker, first-round pick for the Green Bay Packers. I'll be the first one to admit, more playing time than I expected to see in week one. He did get a little bit of a tweak injury, but he was full participation in practice today, so you have nothing to worry about there. Um, yeah, seven solo tackles and another one assisted. Pretty impressive first game. Jalen Petrie, a Houston uh, safety, 11 total tackles there, five solo, six assists. Another guy that I really liked coming out into a great situation. And once again, it's going to be one of those defenses that's also going to be on the field a lot. I know that, you know, they were 
controlling that game against the Colts for the most part, but they also gave it away into a tie. So it is what it is. And what did I talk about when we're talking about cornerbacks? Derek Stingley Jr. Seven total tackles on the day. Three solo, four assisted, and a pass defense. They're going to target this dude. So just be cognizant of that and be happy to know that he's going to get those, those passes to him. Now, there's, there's a whole lot of other guys that we can co- talk about. Um, Sauce Gardner had a couple tackles. Um, you know, he actually had another pass defense as well. So he, he kind of had an okay game. I think that people are going to not be throwing to Sauce Gardner a lot faster than they're not going to be throwing to Stingley Jr., that's just kind of my gut feeling there. Another player that I've been focused on on the offseason, I talked about Nick Cross, safety for the Indianapolis Colts. He had a four-tackle game, so a nice little start there. Once again, he's a pump-the-brakes kind of guy. I think that he's not going to really come into full um, full safety mode until next year, but having a little bit of success right off the bat is, is great. And... There's one guy that really kind of came out of nowhere. And that's Cater Kohu. He's a cornerback for the Miami Dolphins, in case you have no idea who he is, as I was the same way. But this dude won. Pro Football Focus had him as the highest-ranked player for the Dolphins' defense this last week. He had three assisted tackles, one solo, a forced fumble that he basically knocked the Nelson Aguilar and forced the fumble and had a pass defense. One thing about this guy is, for the first four weeks of the season, he might have some solid stats. After that, then it's going to be going back to the bench when Byron Jones comes back. So everything has to do with Byron Jones playing corner because right now he's playing slot. Nick Needham's playing the outside. So just be aware that he might not be a long-term viable solution, even if he looks great next week as well. He's a fill-in. And then George Karloftis is another guy that had a pretty solid game. You know, he had seven hurries. So it wasn't getting to the sack, but he got in there, and he's getting pressure. He had a pass knocked down. He had one solo tackle, so I know the overall stats don't look phenomenal, but he's getting the opportunities to get there. Guys that really didn't have a good game. Kyle Hamilton, safety for Baltimore, only had three tackles. Uh, Marcus Williams seems to take all the tackles this week uh, out of that backfield, so that's something to monitor going forward. Jordan Davis, I kind of expected. He only had two tackles. He's just kind of being a face or a space eater, Uh, Logan Hall, not much there, and uh, Aiden Hutchinson, real quiet, with one, like, assisted tackle. That's all he had, one assisted tackle for the game. I think that number is going to go up. I think it's just one of those things. The Eagles run to the inside a whole lot more than they run to the outside, and it's hard to sack Jalen Hurts because he's so fast, so... Expect to see that be a little bit better. Also, you know, the game strip, game script was completely 
out of the window for them from the start. They were always playing from behind. Shocking, I know. But that being said, really solid data, really solid um, performances by a lot of rookies. Keep an eye on these guys. As I said, in Dynasty, there's going to be some of these dudes that come out of the woodwork just because of opportunity that they're having. But that's what that's what we got to focus on, and that's going to do it for us this week. Keep your guys' eye on the prize. Just like offense, make sure that we're picking up those defensive players. Once again, there's going to be some of these guys out there because the all of your guys' leagues are focused on the offensive players being picked up. They're not going to realize the difference that having these top 10, which will be finishing top 10 guys at the end of the year on your team. Also remember that depth is very important. Last year, only 17% of the linebackers that were quoted starters for teams or, you know, basically full-time starters is what it's called. They played more than 40 snaps a game in week one. Only 17% of them played the entire season long. So make sure that you have some depth sit out. Make sure that you're able to fill the gaps with some high performers. You don't want to have to be scrambling and get a guy that ends up with one or two tackles and that's it. Pay attention to the defenses. Pay attention to the schemes. Know when to grab the right guys. And once again, it's hard to predict sacks, but you know which teams have bad offensive lines. Play your sack masters against those bad offensive lines. So that'll do it for me. Uh, We will see you guys next week. And once again, hey, it's Thursday. Let's watch some football. But don't forget that defense wins fantasy. Good luck in week two, guys. This podcast has been presented by the Fantasyholics Podcast Network.